Every single OF creator has access to all of these data points, but so few know to even look at them. So here are some things that I personally look for in the data myself. Welcome back to On The Horizon. This is Melrose Michaels. I am your host, and I'm here to share what's worked for me in building my adult creator business to try to make building yours just a little bit easier. Let's get into today's episode. Assembly 4 are a collective of sex workers and technologists working to bring the overall cost of advertising down for sex workers through their ad platform, Trist.link. Educate clients through the Good Client Guide and much more. Assembly 4 caters to all genders and demographics and raises funds for organizations to fight for sex workers' rights, the decriminalization of sex work, and against exploitation in the sex industry. Learn more at the website assembly4.com for the word, not the number. Hello, CEO squad. This is Melrose Michaels. It is almost the end of the year. We are in Q4. Things are ramping up, and before we know it, it is going to be the holidays. And as they approach, I think it's really important to take these last calm moments to review your adult creator business ahead of 2024. So taking this time to reflect and position your adult creator business for 2024 in the next 14 days is so important because before you know it, you're going to get so busy and you're going to blink and it's going to be the new year. So today I wanted to discuss how to prepare your adult creator business for the new year. The first component to this is analyzing your year's success, shortcomings, and areas for improvement. And the way to do this, and I'm sure most of you know what I'm going to say, (laughs) is by diving into the data. On nearly every adult platform, you will have some degree of analytics, statistics, or reporting. OnlyFans, for example, has analytics sorting by 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, a full year, or even custom reports entirely. So first, you're going to want to customize your reports for the last year to analyze your earnings and try to spot significant trends. So here are some things that I personally look for in the data myself. What was my overall net revenue, which is what you keep from OnlyFans for the year, at least up to this point? What months over the course of last year had the highest earnings? What months over the course of the last year had the lowest earnings? What months had the highest new subscriber revenue? What months had the highest tip revenue? What months in the last year had the highest message or PPV unlock revenue? What months in the last year had the highest stream revenue? This is if you do live stream consistently on your page. What months had the highest amount of chargebacks? This is really important because this can be an indicator of when you might not want to send out your most valuable pieces of content because chargebacks might tend to be higher around this period. Maybe that's after the holidays. Maybe that's when your fan base or audience tends to have some sort of buyer's remorse. These are things to look out for. Another is what months had the highest reach or visitor traffic. And then one of my favorites is what promotions did you run in the last year that had the highest claim rate? Now, all of these data points are available on your OnlyFans statistics without any third-party data software like FanWire. So every single OF creator has access to all of these data points, but so few know to even look at them. So let's talk about what some of this data can tell you and how you can strategically use it to plan for 2024. For starters, you can compare it across multiple platforms to broaden the picture of what your business looks like. 
For example, did your Sex Panther and OnlyFans both have the same high earning months? Did your clip sales, like something on Manny Vans or Clips for Sale, peak at the same month your OnlyFans earnings were peaking for the year? Or is there some other trend to spot? Maybe where your OF earnings were down, but your clip store sales were up. Maybe that's the same month that you fell off creating content. So maybe your audience decided to unsubscribe, but instead bought content that they wanted access to a la carte from a clip store. This data can show you which months appear to be most profitable for live streaming, which months might not be as interesting to get on cam for. You can even customize your reports month by month for the last year to try to identify what days of the month tend to be most lucrative for live streaming. The possibilities are honestly endless, but when you start to analyze what the data is telling you, you can begin to plan for the year ahead and optimize it for the best ROI on your time based on what your business did in the year before. So maybe your revenue peaks on days that you release collab content. This indicates that collaborations are likely a good idea to plan for in the year ahead. That also tells you that you're going to need to not just plan, but allocate resources to accommodate that increase in collaborative content. So think about budgeting for travel and accommodations, things like that. The data is really a great jumping off point because it simply just doesn't lie. Everything we discuss after this point is gonna be more speculative, but the data is the fact. So learn to read it, understand it, and allow it to guide your big decisions in 2024 because I know that your business is gonna thank you for this. You can assess your overall career progress. So have you grown, collaborated, or pivoted within the industry? Did you launch any new products or revenue streams? This is where you want to reflect on your past growth and future opportunities. This is going to be how you evolve with intention for the new year. If you're enjoying this podcast episode so far, please take one moment to share it with another one of your adult content creator friends, because you know what the rule is here. We do not gatekeep, and we want to make as many adult creators' businesses as easy as possible. And you sharing this episode with them might do exactly that. Thanks so much in advance. So the questions I often ask myself when reflecting on the new year in terms of career growth are these. When I set my goals for the year earlier, did I accomplish them? Is this where I had hoped that I'd end up? Did I collaborate with more or less people than I planned to? And why was that? You can actually go in and dissect all of the specific reasons. Maybe you didn't budget enough to allocate resources for travel and collab content. Maybe you didn't show up at enough expos because you just didn't plan ahead in advance enough and the flights were too expensive. Maybe you didn't attend or maybe you didn't um, have enough access to testing so that you couldn't collaborate as much as you'd hoped. Because when you start to dissect the reasons and the answers to these questions as you ask them of yourself, it's going to highlight things that you can improve on for the year ahead. And they're not ne necessarily data-driven decisions, but they're more the the culmination of what your situation might look like or where you didn't know things in life would impact your business and career. Because entrepreneurs, we, we have the the con of being, you know, the beginning and end to our business. So life does happen and you do have to accommodate that. Another question I'd like to ask myself is, has my social following grown across all my platforms? Do I feel that I've given socials the proper time and attention that they've required to grow to begin with? Have I pivoted in the last year career-wise? Have I changed niches, for example? In 2023, I really honed in on more of this gaming presence that I didn't really have in the eight to 10 years before. Did I launch any new products or services? And if so, did they bring value to my business or did they distract me from my core business and spread me thin without actual ROI? 
this is where you really have to have some self-awareness and be very honest with yourself. So an example of this is like, yeah, I launched a merch line, you know, Melrose Mafia merch in 2023. Did it make me enough money to justify the time I spent on it? Probably not in all honesty. So having that really brutally honest conversation is going to help guide the correct decisions going forward. Do I feel like I've learned anything in the past year that has personally grown me as a creator? Have I been presented any unique new opportunities? And how did they come about? Was this through networking, through engagement on social? Was this through an adult platform that I post to? Or maybe through a community that I participate in? All of these questions will outline where you could focus more time and energy going into the new year and ideally replicate or duplicate the positive incomes that you've identified. Finally, I want you all listening to consider your vision and aspirations for the future. So do your actions this year align with your goals for 2024? This is a nice reminder to regularly realign your behaviors, habits, and rituals to ensure that you stay on track. So for example, if one of your goals in 2024 is to say, build up that safer work side of your business, maybe a fitness niche, for example, yet you haven't been getting to the gym and shooting content around it, that tells you that your actions and behavior haven't been quite aligning with your goals. So if you realize that your habits or the actions you take on a daily basis aren't the ones that will ultimately get you to where you claim you where you want to be, then you're going to need to adjust them to do so. It's very easy for us in our flawed human nature to fall into routines that we deem comfortable versus doing the uncomfortable things it actually takes to get us to where we say we want to be. This is where you're going to have to be, again, brutally honest and self-aware of your shortcomings as a business owner. You're going to have to actually ask yourself and answer truthfully, have I been disciplined? Have I been consistent? Have I been accountable? And it doesn't necessarily stop there, but you can use this time to outline where your fail points, if you have them, are and simplify the environment to ensure that it doesn't continue to happen. So for example, I know that if I hit the snooze button on my alarm once, (laughs) I will hit it four more times and I will not go to the gym. (laughs) But if I charge my phone across the room from my bed so that I have to physically get up to turn off my alarm, then I'm already out of bed. So I'm gonna stay up and I'm gonna get my day started. Another trick I use is to keep my gym clothes and shoes where I charge my cell phone. So as soon as I'm out of bed and I've turned off my alarm, I can change into them and I have no reason remaining for not getting to the gym. I've created this foolproof environment that supports the goal I have and how I get there versus sleeping with my phone in my bed, hitting snooze, running late, not knowing what to wear to the gym, and giving myself all of these potential obstacles that stand in the way of my goals. So you can create systems like this everywhere that you identify a weakness in your action or behaviors. So another one I've done, if you want a second example, is that I would always or I would find myself excusing the fact that I have to film and not doing the filming of content because I didn't have my hair and makeup done. So now what I'll do is I'll do sleeping curlers and I have lash extensions that I do myself so that the only thing I need to do is throw on foundation, concealer, and blush, and I'm ready to film. My hair is done, lashes are done, everything else is done. I removed the obstacles that I claimed that I had so that the path to success is as smooth as possible. The goal is to make whatever behavior you should be taking daily as stupid, simple as possible. This way you have no plausible reason to not do the things that need doing. The reality is it can be really easy to lose sight of the big picture. The day-to-day hustle never stops 
And the reality is that most of us have so much work on our plate today that we can't even imagine looking forward to tomorrow. So taking this specific time over the next two weeks to think about where you wanna be next year and what actions or behaviors are gonna be required of you to get there is so important. This is how you're gonna stay focused and intentional in the moment to protect the future that you're building in the next 365 days. Earlier this year, I posted a Twitter thread asking you, the CEO squad, what your goals for the year ahead were. I told you that whoever commented on, commented on it, I would check back each quarter of 2023 in an effort to remind you of your goals and hold you accountable to yourself. I'm so happy to do these check-ins with you if you do want that little push of accountability because being an entrepreneur is hard and discipline is harder. <laughs> these things are muscles that get built over time and hell, mine has taken me 11 years and I am still far from perfect. But I think that we can level up better if we all commit to doing this together. Make sure you have our Twitter notifications turned on so that you can outline your goals for 2024. And I personally cannot wait to see what we all accomplish. So as we begin to wrap up this space, I do want to invite anyone listening who has questions or, you know, suggestions or just value to add to come up and request to speak at this time. Looks like Melody J is here. Let me bring her up to get us started. Melody J, you have the mic. Hello, thank you very much. Um, this is such a great time of the year to do this. Um, I wanted to add on just a little piece to what you were saying. Um, it's really important to also do release work when you're doing this because sometimes we thought we wanted to manifest something and maybe it didn't come into form like we thought that it was going to. And if we don't release that, then the new energy can't come in for your new manifestations. So, you know, in this is just such a great time for, you know, to, to do reflection and to release what no longer serves us anymore. I love that. That is such a valuable ad. Thank you for coming up and mentioning that. I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. looks like we have Goddess Raven. Let me bring you up to speak as well. All right, Goddess, you have the mic. You. Um, so thanks for letting me know. So my question basically is, how do you, how have you personally, or what advice would you have as far as determining whether you need to make some changes as far as your advertising, or maybe trying um, different variations in your niche, or if there's maybe just a slump in the year? It's kind of hard to determine whether you can make changes yourself, or maybe it's just a slow time of the year, which happens, of course. I think we all know that. But industry can be some slow periods, but it's hard for me to determine whether that's the case or if there's something I need to change with my persona or my appetizing per se. So what have you, what have you found um, kind of helped with determining whether it's one way or the other, if that makes sense? No, that's a fantastic question. So the, the one thing you mentioned that I want to touch on is definitely the A-B testing um, I mean, that applies across all verticals of business, and ours is definitely no different. So some of the ways we can do this, are you on OnlyFans? Can I ask that? No, I'm not on any um, like subscription base. I just do camming and um, sexting. Okay, camming and sexting. Okay, so is, is sexting um, Sex Panther by chance? Yes, it is. Okay, okay. So I, I wanted to specify and clarify that because obviously OnlyFans has like tracking links. So that makes split testing very um, easy to track of in terms of a data point. But right now, as it presently sits, Sex Panther doesn't have any kind of tracking campaigns available to us. Um, and Cam rarely does unless you are using some kind of affiliate link and monitoring that. So 
First off, for the cam stuff, I would see if there's any affiliate links for fans that you can get involved with or if your campsite has an affiliate program. Because if you can pull affiliate links and you're posting whenever you go online, using those affiliate links, you can track the data in the back end to see how many clicks you're getting and conversions, as well as monitor like earnings from those users that have signed up and either spent on you on cam or even spent on other creators on cam. So an affiliate program for the campsite might be valuable. But if they don't offer an affiliate program, what you can do, and this crosses over to the Sex Panther side specifically as well, is go into like a free program like Bitly, um, B-I-T dot L-Y. There you can build out kind of tracking links. In They have a free version. They have um, more expensive programs that give you more data. Um, it's kind of like a tiered approach. But even with just the very free basic Bitly links, you can do like a bit.ly dot com, uh, bit L-Y slash your campsite name or something and then do the same thing for Sex Panther. And then when you promote and use these Bitly links, you're gonna be able to see in the Bitly dashboard the clicks and conversions. So while they're not gonna tell you as clear of data like OnlyFans would, because OnlyFans will tell you the amount of clicks a link got and the amount of claims, like actual subscribers that came, not just the ones that click, but this will give you an indicator of what your marketing and advertising is doing for you. So you can have a Bitly link for Twitter post one, and you market one way. You use a specific type of content that maybe is uh, you think is going to pre- perform really good and a specific type of copy, and you use a specific Bitly link that goes to Sex Panther. And then the following day, you post a different kind of Twitter post, different kind of content, maybe something else you suspect will perform well, a different kind of copy. Maybe you're using a better call to action in this new you know, Twitter post too. And then you use a separate Bitly link that goes to Sex Panther. And then you can evaluate which of those two Twitter posts in terms of marketing got more clicks. And that's going to give you some driving direction on what you should continue doing. So even the platforms that don't have good tracking campaigns available to us, just by going in, creating a free Bitly account, using Bitly links, that's going to give you some indicator of what's getting clicks and what's not. And that can be a great, you know, decision-making tool on how to formulate your marketing. So you do this A-B testing every other day. Whatever performed best, you double down, you do two new versions of that thing the following two days, and you could just kind of dial it in over time until you realize like, okay, when I use this call to action that says, click this link, that gets great conversions. Or when I use this call to action, see what I just posted, that gets this many conversions. And all of those variations of calls to action are going to dial in over time, and then you're going to know what that your marketing that you're doing is completely on brand, what it needs to be, and is getting you conversions. So that would be the A-B testing side of things. And that's going to drive your marketing decisions. The other thing you asked was, I believe, about um, just the trends in you know the course of the year when things are going bad overall for performers or overall in a certain niche for performers. I do believe and, and I um, validate that these trends are absolutely real. But at the same time, If you know and can expect or plan for these trends based on like your last year's data, for example, you can also formulate ways to kind of kind of beat the system like and and this isn't going to be true every time. This isn't going to win every time, but you can gamify this in a certain way. So, for example, one of the trends that came up very clearly to me in like the COVID era was that there was a huge influx of traffic online, but it was very hard for me to onboard subscribers. So it wasn't like the highest quality traffic. It wasn't the highest spenders that I would typically see across my pages through my normal audience or demographic. So what I did was I lowered all my clip store pricing to like $3 so that these new influx of traffic could buy a clip really cheap and get introduced to me and my content. 
And then hopefully after enough clips, they realize the value in just subscribing to my OF or subscribing to my fan site. So because I realized the trend that was happening, I could change my strategy to capitalize on the moment. And I think that's where a lot of creators either won or lost during that time period. And the same kind of trend spotting applies to certain times of the year. So for me, when it comes to December, and it's like Black Friday through December, my audience typically spends a lot more and I can capitalize on that by having higher prices and then marking things down or appearing to have sales when really things are marked up. And that's just the sales psychology of things. Whereas during the summer months when typically there's kind of these lulls, I can capitalize on lower price clips, lower price PPVs, but maybe the PPV that's lower priced is the first two minutes of content where I'm doing, you know, getting through the striptease or getting through the beginning introduction to the, the spicy stuff. And maybe the clip I send them after that is priced higher and is the real core of the content. So you can always adjust your strategies for the time of year where you see these peaks in and dips in the revenue overall. So I hope that helps. I hope that adds some value for you. Yeah, that's actually super helpful. I appreciate that. Um, I don't want to take up the space too much. I just have one last quick question. It's only about Twitter. Um, so I wanted to also ask you about what your personal opinion is about the, I guess, the longevity of using Twitter as a marketing uh, platform. Because I know there's over maybe the past year or so, there's been a lot of controversy, some things that I don't know if they're true or not. Um, but some things that have been said about, um, you know, sex worker pages kind of being lost in the algorithm and there being, you know, less traffic for people on Twitter specifically. And I know there's been some other uh, new platforms that have come up that are not either well known or they're not as popular yet. So I guess my final question is, what would be your personal opinion about Twitter as far as continuing to use that platform as like a primary marketing platform for sex workers? And yeah. do you have any advice for um, maybe any other options that could be good for sex workers to use for a secondary marketing strategy or a marketing platform? Yeah, these are great questions. I, I love that you're asking these. So um, I guess I'll first put a disclaimer on this is like none of us really know what's going on with Twitter. Uh, at the end of the day, we're all making our best guesses based on the data and the feedback we see. Um, so I do want to put that out there. I have, you know, followed people that go into the code. I've shared kind of the new code and the updates to what has happened on Twitter through SexWork CEO. And, and we've optimized even our channel here, the SexWork CEO, the educational channel, to capitalize on on things as best as we could. Um, but even this, which is a totally safe work page, has struggled to grow at the same pace we were before, you know, Elon kind of took things over. With all of that being said, Twitter is still a massive audience. Twitter still has you know, allows us to post sexually explicit content, at least for the moment. It also has a massive just porn market and demographic, and it's unmatched pretty much anywhere else. So the same kind of logic that I'm going to state here applies to a lot of creators. Um, the same reason I tell them that we, you should probably still be on OnlyFans because it's a trusted brand by fans, and a lot of them live there and are subscribed to you know, 10 other creators on the same platform. So when you take yourself off a platform that has the audience already on it, you are putting yourself at a disadvantage just from a business standpoint. And it's not fun to say or recognize because there's so many things I don't agree with with OnlyFans. I don't think it's the superior platform. I don't think it's a lot of things, um, but it is where the audience lives. I need to be and creators need to be where these audiences live. So when it comes to staying on Twitter and marketing and trying to navigate it, I do think it's really important because 
that's where the people are. That's where our market of who we're trying to you know, reach currently exists. Even if we're not reaching them the same way we once were, even if we have to navigate it differently, even if you have to start an entirely safer work page, you know, and, and build out a safer work brand to attract an audience that will still cross over to your not safer work branding on a different page. I still think that that, that funnel, that sales funnel is worthwhile and worth doing on the platforms. Um, and to your second question, which is like what it would be secondary to Twitter, um, you have to check the conversion. So when I use my tracking, again, this is an OnlyFans reference, the tracking campaign links, I can see that the traffic I drive from Twitter is my highest paid quality users. They on average spend about $7 um, per user on my OnlyFans versus Instagram, which pays about $4 per, users when they, per user when they get to my OnlyFans versus Reddit, which was like 46 cents. They're very low quality because there's so much free porn on Reddit. That's why they're on Reddit. So when they cross over, they don't want to pay. Um, versus something like a TikTok, which isn't a direct conversion. That TikTok conversion kind of feeds into Instagram because you just link TikTok to Instagram and you post your OF or whatever your links are to Instagram stories. The secondary platforms would definitely be Instagram, would definitely be TikTok if you're open to it. And something that you guys are going to start to hear me speak a lot more on in the coming weeks and months is um, Slushy. Slushy is an adult platform. It's kind of like an adult TikTok. And they have a lot of on-platform advertising opportunities for creators, and they drive a lot of traffic on that platform. And I know a lot of people that are seeing fantastic results with this, and I'm about to start building out my own case study as well that I can present you guys with. So aside from you know the big socials, the Twitter, the Instagram, the TikTok, Reddit, if you know how to navigate it, it's a lot of work and it's very low ROI in my opinion. Um, it, there's only a, a rare few that really succeed coming off Reddit. Um, I would also definitely throw Slushy in the mix and consider Slushy. We, we're not affiliates of them uh, currently, but it, we'll, we'll have an affiliate link for them soon in our um, Sexwork CEO bio as well. But those would be my, my, my take on it and my piece of advice and how I personally navigate it on my Melrose side of things. I greatly appreciate that. That was super duper helpful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. If there's anyone else that wants to come up and speak, please let me know. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to start to kind of wrap up this space. So I do want to mention that we have a lot of courses and tutorials coming out soon. We are gearing up for a very video heavy and YouTube heavy 2024. If you're not aware, we did just release a CapCut tutorial over on our YouTube channel and we're getting fantastic feedback from it. So highly recommend you head over there and take a listen. If you're not already subscribed, our YouTube channel is youtube.com forward slash SWCEO and just turn on notifications so that you never miss a post. As always, huge thank you to everyone who is currently and will subscribe to our Telegram bot. We released a Telegram bot that essentially sends you your daily dose of content inspiration and all the captions you need for your feed, PPV locked messages, clip stores, etc. And the ideas are highly desirable from what fans are currently seeking and the captions are optimized with calls to action so that you can increase your earning and unlock potential with each single caption. The Telegram bot pushes your daily dose of inspo to your phone every morning around 10 a.m. Central Standard so that you no longer have to waste your time researching, planning, or coming up with content or captions. The bot takes care of all of it. And for those in the fetish and kink niches, we do incorporate about half or 50%-ish of fetish, kink, and DOM-related content inspo ideas and captions as well. If you're not an active Telegram user, you don't have to worry. We do have PDF versions of this content inspo and captions. You can get them all in content calendars over at our website, sexworkceo.com forward slash shop. We recently launched our store website with PDF downloads of the same type of content inspo and captions that we feature in the Telegram bot. 
so that we have um, those available for users who are not Telegram users. We also have additional downloads available like unlock sales scripts, sales objection scripts to help you close the deal. And then also we have tons of sexting scripts there as well. And if you want to get a taste without spending a dime, there's a completely free PDF download with 15 solo content ideas you can claim right now, as well as our free scene planning tool that we just launched about a week ago, all available to you without spending a penny, no strings attached. Lastly, and most importantly, I do want to emphasize that all of the information we put out here on Sexwork CEO, we put out for free because we believe in this idea that the more financially successful creators are, the more resources we'll have as a community to do things like lobby Congress, impact policy, organize, and more. So if you find value in the content you heard here today or the tweets that you've engaged with, please, please, please consider sharing anything we post to make this journey easier for your own adult creator friends. Our only ask is that you retweet our stuff so that we can help as many people as humanly possible. So thank you so much, guys. This brings us to the end of today's space. Huge thank you to everyone who joined in. Remember that all of these spaces are turned into blog posts and available over on sexworkco.com. So when you're tuning in here, you never have to take notes. Just head on over to our blog in about a week to revisit any of these ideas that we've talked about in today's episode. Thank you so much for joining today's CEO Squad, and I'll see you exactly one week from now. Thanks, guys. It would be absolutely incredible if you rated this podcast five stars and left a little review. We want to get this podcast to as many adult creators as possible, and you taking a second to leave a couple stars and a review really helps us do that. Thanks so much. Assembly 4 are a collective of sex workers and technologists working to bring the overall cost of advertising down for sex workers through their ad platform, Trist.link. Educate clients through the Good Client Guide, and much more. Assembly 4 caters to all genders and demographics and raises funds for organizations to fight for sex workers' rights, the decriminalization of sex work, and against exploitation in the sex industry. Learn more at the website assembly4.com for the word, not the number. <laughs>